Hi friend, if you love the information you hear in the podcast, then you will love the free mini series of videos that I've put together just for you. It's all about the biblical blueprint for health and teaches you exact principles I've taught to thousands of Christian women that result in weight loss, better sleep, increased energy, clearer skin, and sharper brains. You can go to thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries to grab this free set of short, powerful teachings that will show you how to create better health God's way. It's at thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries. Go check it out now. Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I am amazing because he is risen. He is risen. Tell it out with joyful voice. Y'all, today's Easter Sunday. That's when this episode is airing. So happy Easter, my friend. What a beautiful, glorious day. Today, I wanted to talk about the nutritional concept of protein to energy ratio, but I was thinking that's not very Eastery. But then you know what? God showed me that actually it is. So I'm going to roll with it, and I'm pleased to bring you this topic because I want to continue the discussion about protein a little bit more as we get closer to starting 10 times stronger. And in fact, registration is now open, so you can go to the website, thechristiannutritionist.com, and find it under programs. Um, Just look for 10 times stronger and you can register there. The sooner you join, the sooner and longer you have access to the information and the group, you know, and the time to ramp up and get ready for it all. So I recommend if you are planning on joining us, come on with it. I can't wait to see you there. So let's talk about this. In the meantime, protein to energy ratio. This concept speaks so clearly to our need to prioritize protein, and it is going to offer you more perspective on macronutrients. And the bottom line of what protein to energy ratio says is that we are genetically wired to eat food until we get enough protein. In other words, our body will drive us to keep eating. We will not be satisfied until we get the protein that we need. One of the biggest drivers of cravings is nutritional deficiency. Your body is no dummy. When it knows it needs something, it is going to drive you to seek it. Unfortunately, we often misread these cravings. You know, we're so disconnected from what our body needs, and we end up choosing the wrong things to fill it. It's why so many of us have demonic cravings that never seem to be satisfied. Your body needs nutrition, and a huge part of what it needs are those eight essential amino acids that we get from protein. Remember that they are called essential because our body must absolutely have them to function. And the only way that we can get them is to eat them. It is essential that you eat the essential amino acids. 
as a survival mechanism, your body will drive you to keep eating until it gets those needs met. If you look at the makeup of our body, we are about 65% water, 20% protein, 10% fat, 4% minerals, and 1% carbohydrates. We know that we need essential amino acids from protein, essential fatty acids from fat, but there are no essential carbohydrates. So when we think about prioritizing our macronutrients, this is the reason we say to prioritize protein. And then I would argue after that would come fat and then carbohydrates. The word protein comes from the Greek origin proteos, meaning first place or primary. So protein is the primary substance that makes the structure of our body. Muscle, bone, nerves, tendons, ligaments, organs, skin, cells, two-thirds of our hormones, and our enzymes, which are the catalyst for numerous chemical reactions inside the body. You may be familiar with or heard of digestive enzymes, and those are critical for the breakdown of your food. But there are tons of other enzymatic processes in the body, and we've got to have those enzymes, which are made from protein. Because your body is constantly shedding cells, making new cells, repairing tissue, regenerating parts, it needs a steady supply of protein to use towards these processes. Daily protein turnover in humans is about 300 grams a day. And protein turnover is the constant renewal and replacement of protein. That's what we're talking about. It's the ongoing catabolic and anabolic processes that we've been talking about here, the breaking down and the building up. This doesn't mean that you have to eat 300 grams of protein a day, but you do need a steady and sufficient intake to supply the needs and demands of your body, just like we talked about last week. Otherwise, you will become more and more catabolic. Jesus once used the analogy of how a wise man builds his house on rock instead of sand. And when it comes to our holy house, our holy temple, our rock solid house is going to be built on protein. If you want a brick house, girl, you better eat you some meat and build you some muscle. If you're lacking in the essential amino acids, your body is just not going to work right. Um, and I want to revisit this list that comes from the book, The Search from the Perfect Protein, written by Dr. David Minkoff, who is a former vegetarian turned omnivore, um, a very high um, champion of protein. And this is what he has found in his patients. He says, all people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome are protein malnourished. All depressed people and people with anxiety are protein malnourished. All osteoporotic patients are protein malnourished. All patients with cancer are protein malnourished. All patients with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis are protein malnourished. All patients with sleep disorders are protein malnourished. All Parkinson's patients are protein malnourished, and all Alzheimer's dementia patients are protein malnourished. I've shared that list with you before, but it's so eye-opening, so ear-opening, that it was worth sharing again and reminding you of the impact protein or lack of protein can have on your body. It's such an obvious yet blatantly overlooked foundation of health. All the prescriptions in the world can't do what real food the way God made it can. When we look at the three macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbs, protein is used to make your body. Fats and carbs are used to fuel your body. One is used for building, 
the other two are used for energy. Now, we do get some nutrition from fats and carbs, but metabolically, they are sources of energy. We don't talk about burning protein, right? We talk about burning fats and carbohydrates because that is what our bodies use as energy. The problem is most people are getting way too much energy and not enough building material. We don't have enough to make our body, but we have way too much to fuel our body. And herein lies the crux of the protein to energy ratio. Too much energy and not enough protein leads to poor health and weight gain. Excess energy, excess intake of the energy foods get stored as fat on the body. Let's break this down a little bit, okay? So we know that all foods come from either the plant or the animal kingdoms. And they're categorized as one of three macronutrients, the holy trinity of macronutrients, as I like to call them, protein, fats, and carbs. Proteins are your meats, fowl, eggs, and fish. They come from the animal kingdom. Fats can come from both kingdoms. Your plant fats would be olives and olive oil, coconut and coconut oil, avocados and avocado oil, um, nuts and seeds, and then your nut and seed butters. Fats from the animal kingdom are the fats naturally occurring in meat, like the fat on your steak or the fat on your bacon. It's also rendered animal fat, like lard and tallow. And then you have your dairy fats, butter, cream, cheese, and all that deliciousness. And then everything else, and I mean everything, all your vegetables, your broccoli, your cauliflower, your peas, your lettuce, your Brussels sprouts, all of it, your vegetables, to your beans, to oatmeal, to fruits, to donuts, chips, all of it falls into the carbohydrate category. It is by far the largest category, which is why it's the most challenging for people to navigate. It didn't used to be as big as it is now because a lot of these foods, and I'm going to use that term loosely, food, um, they didn't used to exist as they do now. All of the packaged things, you know, all these snacks and stuff. So the carbohydrate category is ginormous. And what does that mean? Lots and lots of easily accessible, available energy food, which is not how it used to be. It is important to reiterate here also that a lot of the plant foods are touted as high protein, you know, like beans and lentils and quinoa. But make no mistake, they are carbohydrates. They are not classified as a protein because they have more carbohydrate than protein. You have to eat a lot more of one of these foods to get the same amount of protein that you would get from an animal food. A four-ounce chicken breast gives you about 25 grams of protein, while a half-cooked cup of quinoa gives you about four grams. So you're going to have to eat about three cups of quinoa to get the same amount of protein you would get from the chicken. It's just not efficient. One is a reasonably sized portion, and one is not. The four-ounce piece of chicken is around 135 calories, and three cups of quinoa is around 650 calories. One is used primarily as a building block. The other is used primarily as energy. You are going to get way too much energy, also known as calories, trying to get protein from plant foods. But plant foods are certainly better than processed foods, which really give you no chance at all at getting the protein that you need. And so what happens when you're eating a lot of processed foods, your body's going to drive you to keep eating because you're amassing all of this energy, but there's no redeemable amino acids in there. And where does all of that extra energy go? 
this extra fuel that you're taking in that your body can't use, it gets socked away in your fat cells, in your adipose tissue. Now, we're all meant to have some fat on our body. This is a protective measure for times that we don't have access to food. Um, So our body can use stored energy or fat to burn. You know, whether that's three to four hours between meals, 12 to 16 hours overnight, or even multiple days. In historical times of low food supply and famine, this is what kept us alive. You know, our bodies are made to do this. They are made to be able to burn the fat on our bodies as energy. The blurse of it is, the blessing and the curse, is that our modern day lives, you know, we have constant access, over access to food, and we keep a steady supply of energy coming in, and our body doesn't have the chance or the reason to burn body fat. And like I said, there's just this whole new sect of food in our supply that didn't used to exist. Most of it is made up from what you might call the toxic top three, refined sugar, flour, and oil. Factories can crank this stuff out. It's cheap. It's hyper palatable, meaning it sets off our pleasure receptors so that we want more and we become addicted. And this is what has crowded out our intake of healthy food like protein and vegetables. Processed food is up and real food is down. This is the standard American diet, which is why we call it the SAD diet. Standard American diet, SAD. It's very sad for your body because you're getting an overload of empty energy with zero nutrition and no contribution to your body's protein needs. And so even though you have all of this energy, all of these calories going in, your body's malnourished and it's not going to be satisfied. You'll still need to eat more to meet your body's basic protein requirements. Your body's like, try again, sister. Keep it coming because I can't make your hormones or your neurotransmitters or new skin cells. Even though you keep spending all this money on skincare, you're not giving me enough to work with here on the inside. And so you end up eating too much overall, and this excess energy gets stored as fat. So now you have a compromised structure, right? Because your, your body it doesn't have the building materials that it needs, but you've got an overload of weight on it. Think of a building with crumbling beams that can't hold its load. It can't hold the weight of the building. Now, here's something you need to understand is that the majority of these modern refined packaged foods combine carbohydrates and fats, the two sources of energy, when in nature, you don't really see it this way. Now, protein and fat together, yes. Protein and carbs together, yes. But carb and fat together, not so much. There are a few exceptions, but for the most part, carbs and fats are not packaged together in nature. Think about it. You take a potato, which is a carb, and then we have oil, a fat, but you don't see those combined in nature. But we put them together and create this double energy food. You know, each on their own are not very good, right? Who wants to eat a plain baked potato? As much as I tried to force myself in the 80s and early 90s when the powers that be said that fat was bad. And so I'm not saying you can't put a little butter on your potato or drizzle your roasted potatoes with olive oil. I mean, that's part of cooking and putting delicious meals together, you know, Um, creating balanced meals. Hopefully you have a nice slab of protein to go with your buttery potatoes. The real problem is that this has been taken to a hedonic level where now these two separate energy foods are commonly put together in their lowest quality form 
We have potatoes fried in refined oils and sprinkled with a bunch of chemicals and packaged up in the form of potato chips. And they're everywhere. And people can mow through a bag in no time flat. And what have they gotten? No nutrition, no amino acids, and an overload of energy. The most hyperpalatable, addictive foods are this carb and fat combo, which are manufactured with the absolute worst, low-quality, inflammatory ingredients. You pick up almost any packaged food, you know, muffin, cookie, crackers, chips, whatever, and it's going to be made with a highly refined flour and an industrial seed oil. And so in addition to energy overload, you have inflammation overload. And it just wreaks havoc on the body on so many levels. I mean, just the overconsumption of the seed oils impede your body's ability to burn fat. So you got all this fat on your body that needs to be burned, but it can't be utilized. Ooh, it's just one big hot mess. But we need to take this clue from nature. And if our diet is mostly made up of carb and fat combo foods, that's what's going to get us into trouble. And that is why, frankly, a diet lower in carbs or lower in fat will work. When you constrain one of the energy macronutrients, you lower your incidence of energy overload and therefore your incidence of weight gain. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I prefer prioritizing protein and then fat and then carbs last. So I favor the route of lowering the carbs. And there are multiple reasons for that, which I which is what I teach and what we do in Feast to Fast. You know, first of all, like I said, there's no essential carbohydrates, like there are essential fatty acids. So I think that's one reason we would prioritize fat over carbs. Um, carbs are usually the energy source that gets way out of hand because the category is so big and people don't realize that their oatmeal and fruit and sandwich bread and chips and rice and beans are all turning to sugar in the body and the excess is being stored as fat. Carbs are the macronutrient which trigger insulin most aggressively. And remember that insulin is our storage hormone and insulin blocks fat burning. And finally, carbs cause a lot of gut trouble for people. So keeping them regulated can help alleviate that. Now, here's the thing. No matter how you, you're manipulating your carbs or your fats, your protein is your steady eddy. You know, carbs and fats ideally have a seesaw relationship. When one is up, the other is down so that you don't overload the body with energy. But protein, protein's like the strong bolt in the middle holding the seesaw together. It is anchored and it is steady. You want to make protein about 20 to 30% of your diet. If you have health issues or weight concerns, you keep it on the higher side. And you can even go higher than 30%. It's just hard to do because protein is so filling which brings us back around to the protein to energy ratio. The more protein you eat, the better you will moderate your energy intake. And for someone who has a lot of weight to lose, keeping protein higher and energy lower allows the body, requires the body to use stored energy, to use fat as fuel. It is such a disservice to recommend lower protein to anyone who struggles with weight or metabolic issues because if protein is low, you're going to eat more of the energy foods by default. What I want us to practice in 10 times stronger is optimizing protein intake, because when you do that, you naturally eat less of the energy foods. You naturally reduce your cravings because your body gets the amino acids it needs. It's like, we're good here. You can stop now, as opposed to not getting enough protein and your body saying, keep going, keep eating. I don't quite have what I need yet. When you prioritize your P, you eat less of the E. You will be satisfied and you'll stop seeking so much junky food. 
And this is the parallel that the Lord made for me. You know, just like our body drives us to seek protein to meet our physical needs, our spirit drives us to seek Jesus for our spiritual and emotional needs. Protein is the primary substance of our body, and Jesus is the primary substance of our life. If we don't seek him first, if we don't prioritize him, if he is not first on our plate, we will keep over-consuming worldly junk, trying to meet the needs that only he can satisfy. You know, we try to fill ourselves with money and new clothes and prestigious titles and social media likes and all that kind of stuff. But none of those things will satisfy our true needs. Again, we're misreading those cravings. We're disconnected from what, from who we really need. And we keep choosing the wrong things to fill us. He is the one, the only one who meets every need, fills every hole, satisfies every craving. And that is the Easter message that I have for you today, that he gave me um, today to fill up on Jesus first so that you are not weighed down by worldly energy. Your load will be lighter and your foundation will be stronger. And as you go through this week, I want you to consider that. And I want you to also just pay attention to your protein to energy ratio. Be aware of which foods are going toward building your body and which are going toward fueling your body. It may need be that you need to bring up your P and lower your E. And that's what we're doing and 10 times stronger. And so I hope that you will join us. We, um, we're officially going to start on the first Monday in May, but it is open now so that you can read up, get fired up, get prepared, um, and just be ready to build strength in spirit, mind, and body. We are going to increase our protein and we're going to increase our Jesus. Okay. All right, my friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.